Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Sunday, December 4th, 2022. This is Shannon. And today I am here with Amber Broken Kristen. And we are going ahead and discussing our 2022 year in books. So you'll hear from each of us and we will give you some insight into what we've been reading, um, different series. Everyone has a little bit of a different approach to this. So sit back and enjoy. After the housekeeping information, I will start us off, followed by Amber, Brooke, and last will be Kristen. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email, and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the Book Bistro Podcast at gmail.com. All right. So I'm going to start us off with a look at my 2022. And for the first time, I think since I started setting Goodreads reading goals, I don't know if I will meet mine this year. I will say that grief does terrible things to one's mental oh, it health. Does. And, it does. And the reading is, although it is one of the things that brings me joy, it's also one of the things that has suffered this year. But we still However, love her. And you're still well, a thank you. And you're still a winner in our book. You don't have oh. to you don't have to surpass the Goodreads challenge. You are just wonderful as you are. Well, thank you. Agreed. But what I will say about this year is that I have read a ton of really fabulous things, and I am excited to tell you about some of them. I have a lot of romances this year, but I'm not going to start with those. I want to start with a couple of books that really creeped me out for various reasons. First on that list is Alexis Henderson's House of Hunger. I read this for our Creepy Books episode and it is a kind of fantastical retelling of the legend of the Countess of Bathari. It has lots of queer influence. Um, it's a very, very well-written book, but it was creepy. Um, there are people in it who drink human blood, and they are not vampires. They're just people. Um, so that was very creepy, but so, so compelling, and I'm really glad I read it. I also have to mention Cherish Farah by Bethany C. Morrow. This is a social horror novel about two black girls who are best friends, and they are the only two black girls at their school. 
And this very odd relationship that exists between the two of them and what happens when mysterious things begin going on whenever they are together. Um, this book disturbs me deeply because of how plausible the ending felt. Um, I can't go into that too much without spoiling things, but as you read it and you understand what's going on, like you don't want to think that people could do these things. And yet you're like, yeah, yeah. Like people, people suck. They, they could, they could do these things. So that is a very disturbing book, but one that is well worth your time if you're looking for a little bit of creepiness and something that will make you think. Keeping on the whole idea of things that make you think, I want to talk about a couple of historical novels that really impacted me this year. First being The Lost Girls of Willowbrook, which is one of my most anticipated 2022 releases. And it was everything that I hoped it would be. And more Willowbrook State School um, existed in New York State and was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad place. I am very glad to know that it is closed. I am distressed that, you know, places like it ever existed. And this was a novel that was based on truth, but with fictional characters. And Wiseman has written so many things that I've loved. And I think this one ties with um, her 2016 release, The Life She Was Given, as like my two favorites of the things that she's done. I also want to talk about Take My Hand by Dolan Perkins Valdez. This reminded me a little bit of Necessary Lies by Diane Chamberlain. Um, it is a story that deals with the forced sterilization of people with disabilities, of people who were poor, people who were Black, and the way that this existed in the United States you know, through like the 1970s. And people just thought this was a perfectly fine thing to do, even though it was horrendous. Um, it's a piece of history that I think a lot of people forget about and, and shouldn't. Okay, let's kind of lighten things up a little bit, talk about some things that are happy. I have some great romances that I've read this year. I love, love, love with every ounce of my being, Jay Hogan's Painted Bay trilogy. This is set um, in a small town in New Zealand. The first book is off balance. It has amazing disability rep. And the whole series just builds like each book, one off the other, off the other. And it is just an incredible story of like, personal growth, swoony romance, a really fun, quirky, small town, and with just enough depth to really draw you into the story and make you care about all of these characters, even if they are not 100% perfect. Everyone knows that I love, 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 love Ashley Herring Blake and her Bright Falls series. These are Delilah Green Doesn't Care and Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail. Both of these brought me immense amounts of joy this year. Again, they're rom-coms with a lot of heart, 
um, some pretty dysfunctional family dynamics. And, you know, we all love our dysfunctional families, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's what makes good books sometimes. Um, but these are female, female romances, and I love them both. It's hard for me to pick a favorite. Um, Herring Blake got her start um, as a YA author, and I was just really excited to see her writing for adults and doing it with so much skill. Um, I also want to talk about a historic, a couple of historical romances. We have The Perks of Loving a Wallflower. This is the second in Erica Ridley's Wild Winchester series with a non-binary main character. Um, and this really cool setup of like found family who participate in all these heists and cons um, in, in London. And it is just so much fun. I definitely want to read the other books in this series because the one that I read was amazing. And if the others are even like half as good as it, then it will be a joyous experience for sure. I also really loved Alexis Hall's A Lady for Duke. Um, and this was out kind of early in 2022. We see a trans woman as the main character here, which I think is awesome in a historical romance, because I think a lot of people like to decide that, you know, gay people, trans people like, didn't exist in like Regency London. And history shows us that, of course, you know, people have existed for centuries that have had different types of like sexual orientations and gender identities. And I love when authors can bring these people to life and kind of make people look and say, oh, you know, maybe maybe this did happen like more than I thought. And Alexis Hall, everything he writes is so fun. But yet. Again, like with that bit of heart and bit of depth that really makes you examine it and try to kind of apply it to things that you see in your kind of everyday life. I also loved Aphrodite and the Duke by J.J. McAvoy. If you're looking for something that kind of fills that Bridgerton hole in your heart, then this one will work so well. Um, it is kind of a second chance romance, which I don't always love, but McAvoy did a great job of really making me believe in these characters and the things that kind of pulled them apart and brought them back together. So if you love Bridgerton, um, and then when I say that, I mean Bridgerton on the screen rather than the actual book series, then I highly, highly recommend that you check out Aphrodite and the Duke. I'm almost done. Do not fret. Um, I just want to talk about some fantasy briefly. Um, the Jackie Leon series by K.N. Bannett took Book Bistro by storm this year. So many of us read it and loved it. There are still a few who are holdouts um, who have not picked this up. I, I wish that you would, but it is everything I love in urban fantasy. It's a little bit on the, the grittier side. You're not going to necessarily feel like nice and cozy as you read it. The first Eight books are out with the ninth coming out in January. I cannot wait. Um, but this is just such a good series. It's compared often to the Mercy Thompson series. And I think, I think that's fair. Um, 
there are some definite differences, but it has a lot of the same, the same elements. I have to thank Amber for recommending the Witch King duology by H.E. Edgeman. This is kind of a contemporary fantasy, again, with a trans main character. Um, he is a trans boy promised in marriage to a fae prince. And you get to learn a lot about the fae world and the way Edgeman has kind of woven it into our own. Um, I loved it a lot. It's another dark kind of bleak book though. So if you're looking for something that's going to make you happy, you'll get that kind of in the end, but you won't, you won't find it right away. The same holds true with this next book. This is The Final Strife by Sara El Arefi. It is the first book in the Ending Fire trilogy. I'm hoping we don't have to wait terribly long for the the rest of this, but it is a big sweeping epic fantasy with a lot of darkness, but also this really nice feeling of hope as you get toward the end of this of this first installment. Um, it's a long book. It is close to 20 hours in audio, but it is definitely worth your time if you're looking for something that will really suck you in and not let you go. Lastly, I want to talk about The Sign for Home by Blair Fell. This came out in the spring and is another really excellent disability inclusive book. The main character is a deafblind man who is trying to forge his own path kind of against what a lot of people in his life view as like, you know, their good advice. He's also really committed to finding his first love. They were separated um, when they both attended a school for the deaf. And he has believed that she died all, you know, many years ago. And this, of course, is, is not true. Um, this is the author's first book. The author is a tactile sign interpreter. And so I think he did a phenomenal job of writing a disabled character in a way that felt very authentic and respectful. Again, it's a hard read, but definitely something I, I recommend that you pick up, especially if books with really good disability representation are kind of your thing. And I thought I was done, but I cannot finish without talking about The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chen. I had been looking forward to this um, since I first saw it like coming up for pre-order um, in mid-2021. And this is a specul speculative fiction novel, a little bit of a dystopian set in a near future America where we apparently decided that there are rules for mothering. And if you break them, you have to go to these kind of re-education schools where you are taught the proper way to be a mother and you are done. This is done using these very creepy lifelike dolls. Um, the ending of this book like ripped my heart out. And I think it was actually the first five-star book I read in 2022. So I've had a lot of great stuff and I'm hoping that in 2023, that trend continues. Okay, so when I look back at my reading for the year, um, a couple of things 
really stick out for me. So I think the first one would be like how much I read this year. I think I've read this year, I've probably read not as much as other years, but as of right now on December 3rd, I have read, or in December, I have read 206 books um, for the year. And that is one of the top things um, that really kind of astonished me this year was like how much I actually read. A couple um, a couple of series were rereads um, and a couple of series like the Cat Who series uh, is like, it was just mind fluff and I could just go through them really quickly. Um, but I also read, you know, some really kind of deep books this year. Um, I think I have like 14 books um, that I kind of wanted to highlight here. And so they were in kind of broad categories. So first there was nonfiction, and then um, there were three or four nonfiction books. And then um, a lot of my fiction this year had a theme. So it was like, a, you know, civil rights or, you know, social justice reading. So my reading, when I did read, um, you know, stuff that wasn't like series stuff was actually pretty heavy, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, so let's get started. So let's, for the nonfiction, um, so my first book that I really enjoyed this year was Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Acho. Uh, the second one is This is Ear Hustle, Unflinching Stories of Everyday Prison Life by Nigel Poor and Irlan Woods. Um, and if you can get this one as an audiobook, I would definitely recommend it because it's almost done as like a podcast style. You get to hear from Nigel and Irlan. Um, you get to hear from like other people who, you know, are in prison making these podcasts. Um, and definitely check out um, Ear Hustle and another podcast called Uncuffed. They're both really awesome. Definitely encourage you to give those a listen. Yeah, those are my two nonfiction titles. Um, but then here we kind of get into the um, the fiction stuff. So I'm just going to start out with Fairy Tale by Stephen King, which was amazing. Um, it was dark, but not as dark as I was thinking. Um, it was just super creative. Like you could tell, you know, kind of the space that Stephen King was in when he wrote it. He wrote it during the pandemic. Um, and he just, uh, it was just one heck of a book. I couldn't wait for it to come out. And I read it. Um, you know, just in a couple days, even though it's a really long book. Um, the next one is Babel or the Necessity of Violence, an Arcane History of the Oxford Translators Revolution by R.F. Kuang. Um, this book was interesting. It was written as though it were a history, kind of. Um, it was just really good historical fiction. If you're kind of a language nerd, um, the title is kind of daunting, but definitely check it out. Um, there were a lot of people who didn't like the uh, audio narration. I actually did. There's a lot of Chinese words and a lot of words in other languages. And I kind of feel like it, you know, gives you the opportunity to, you know, um, hear those words as they're spoken. It's kind of a language geek, uh, you know, um, book, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Littlest Library by, by Poppy Alexander. If you're just looking for a fun book about people who love books and libraries and stuff like that, definitely check this one out. Um, I'm not much of a, a romance reader, but this one was really good. 
Um, the Black Girls Left Standing by Juliana Goodman. Um, this was a book about a teenage girl and her sister who was shot by the police. Um, this was a hard read, but it was really good. Um, a lot of these books, you kind of have to be in the space to read them. Um, and I found myself kind of having to, um, you know, kind of, uh, what's the word? Like break them up with easier books to read, which is probably why I made it through so many, uh, kind of fluffy books as well. Um, this next one was just a delight. It was The Civil War of Amos Abernathy by Michael Lialli. Um, this was just fun if you like history, um, if you like uh, LGBT stuff. Um, definitely check out Amos. He's, he's fantastic. The Ogress and the Orphans by Kelly Barnhill. Um, this was just a fun book about differences and, you know, how differences can be good. Um, but people, you know, especially adults, like, don't choose to see them that way. Um, the audio on this one was really good. Um, I can't remember even who narrated it. I think it might have been Suzanne Torin. Um, but the narrator did a really good job with this one. Um, Don't Cry For Me by Daniel Black. This was a fictional account of a man who is separated from his son because his son is gay. Um, and it talks about toxic masculinity. It talks about, you know, being gay um, and, you know, just the regrets he has at the end of his life. Um, and it was, you know, a hard book to read, but again, really good. The Sign for Home by Blair Fell. Uh, this was fun. It's about um, a deafblind gentleman. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Um, he's a Jehovah Witness, and he is looking for his love and... Um, the author very clearly did their research, um, and even, you know, the main character doesn't know what to do all the time, and it's just about how the, he grows and how he experiences life, so this one was really good. Definitely check it out. Five Little Indians by Michelle Good. This really highlights uh, the Native American boarding school experience and how detrimental it was. Um, definitely a good book. Check it out. Um, you will not be sorry, but again, you know, kind of a rough read, so be prepared. And the last one that I have is The Color Purple by Alice Walker. Um, this was a reread for me, but just as powerful this time as it was last time. Um, and it was actually read by the author, which I think was even more, uh, you know, special for me. And then the last one I'm just going to throw in there as a reread that I read every couple of years and I just love is Needful Things by Stephen King. And that one, um, it's just amazing how well plotted it is, how, how things kind of fall together. Um, definitely classic Stephen King. So I hope everyone has a good reading year next year. Can't wait to talk to you guys about what the goals are for next year. And we'll talk to you soon. So I'm going to do mine a little bit different. I really didn't have... Any, I wouldn't say I really had any real top, top reads. I had some books that I really enjoyed, but I didn't have any. This year really hasn't been a top read year for me. I'm not really sure why I'm reading just as much. Um, I read a lot of, I did a lot of rereading of um, series, as you'll see um, later. But... Um, <laughs> So for me, like one of the trends last year was I read pretty much all fantasy. Um, my year started out 
with fantasy. So I had um, some of the, a couple of the top series that I read that I really enjoyed fantasy wise was um, there's the Federal Bureau of Magic by Annabelle Chase, which it has humor and it's like a cozy fantasy. It's just a lot of fun. Um, we've got the Phoenix Puck by Suzanne Wright. I uh, first learned about Suzanne Wright last year when I learned about her. I think it's Dark yes. and You. And I kind of just fell in love with it. I just really enjoy her writing. Um, and her Phoenix Pack is great. And then she's also got the spinoff, which is the Mercury Pack. Um, then I kind of moved back into my usual th- uh, thriller and mystery and um, I really, really enjoyed the Detective Amanda Steele series by Carolyn Arnold or the Abby, um, Abby Mullen series by Mike Omer. So Abby Mullins, um, she's a hostage negotiator, which I thought was really cool because I've never actually read a book where the main character or I guess even a series where the main character is a hostage negotiator. So this was a really interesting series for me. Um, another kind of genre that I kind of dipped my toe into this year, which I don't normally, is romance. Um, yeah. We have, I know, crazy, eh? <laughs> we had um, Claire Kingsley, which I'm not going to talk about much. I'm just going to mention the authors because... Um, our ladies will talk more about them and they are exactly and we've also got Lucy score so I was new for her um, and I love them they're so they're small town romances I just could not stop laughing like I just finished the bootleg springs series and I'm so sad about it Um, I love the town chicken like that <laughs> it's not a spoiler people you will learn about lisa mona mcnugget so lisa mcnugget um i also started reading um some new authors i mentioned a couple already but we had um laurel snow series by rebecca zanetti so i've never read rebecca zanetti and i really really enjoy her Laurel Snow series. Um, Laurel is, she's kind of awkward. She went to school as a young, like really, really young. Like she went to college and stuff very young. She was very, very brilliant. So she's kind of awkward when she kind of talks to people and she's a part of the FBI. So it was really interesting to get that. Um, We've got The Other Realm by Heather G. Harris. Um, that's a fantasy for anyone who doesn't know. Um, we have the I Team by Pamela Clare. So these are all series. Um, Pamela Clare, she writes historical as well. Um, but her I Team is more into the mystery thriller side of things. And I quite enjoyed it. Um, we have the Demonica series by Larissa Ioni. That's a new Yay! series that I just... And I'm sorry, Stacey, but I'm going to say this, but I like it more than the Black Dagger Brotherhood. <laughs> so much better. I am sorry. I am putting it down there. I like it so much more. 
<laughs> and then we've got the, this is another series that I've quite liked because it's introduced me to so many new authors. It's the Immortal Vices and Virtues series. And each book is written by a different author or set of authors. So the first book is called Reject Me, and it's written by Kel Carpenter and Aurelia James. And every book in this series is in the same world. And I can't really tell you much about it because I'll give too much away. But like at the end of every month, um, a different book is released. And I think there's supposed to be 10 books to the series. Um, so I had um, this year has been great for new books in long time series. Um, DK Hood released number 15 in um, their Kate, Detectives Kane and Alton series, which I love this series. If anyone's looking for something that's a mystery thriller and just a lot of fun. Um, we've got Hidden Scars, D.I. Kim Stone, um, but 17, book 17. Yeah, by Angela Marsons. And in this one, we are learning more. We're getting to know Kim a little more, which I thought was really cool. So you'll look forward to that, people. Uh, oh, we got another, a new Temperance Brennan series for people who like the show Bones. Um, it's called Cold, Cold Bones. And it's number number 21 by Kathy Reichs. I loved it. It was great. Um, of course, we've got the J.D. Robb books. She released books 54 and 55. So 55 was uh, Desperation and Death. And it's just a series that I always look forward to a new book. <laughs> and then we also have, um, this series isn't as long going yet, um, but I still look forward to it every year. Um, this is the Allison Henderson's, her series, her um, Alex Carter series. Um, she, this year she released A Ghost of Caribou. And I will tell you, like, I love this series because I love finding out, like, what animal is she going to focus on? What is she going to teach us? And, like, I've learned so much about animals. Like, her first series, her first book was about polar bears. No, was that last one? Yes. Oh, no, Wolverines. Sorry. Uh, Wolverine. Wolverines was the first one, which I know nothing about Wolverines. So I was so excited about that. And then I got to learn about polar bears last year. And then this year was caribou. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing where she goes for that. And then we had some series ends, which I was so sad about. Um, mm. We had The Rise of the Demon, Cara Jillian um, book, um, book nine in, um, by Dan Diana Roland. And that book we've been waiting for for so long. Um, we had The Choice, which is the Dragonheart Legacy book three by Nora Roberts. And it was a great, great ending. Um, the series in general, I loved. Um, I just love everything that Nora Roberts writes, especially when they're based in Ireland. Like just her, her writing about like her settings, like you really, really feel like you've been there. Even in her fantasy, you really feel like you know the place and that you've really been there. Oh, and then our 
really sad. Me and Shannon were very sad. Um, Kelly Armstrong's Rockton oh. series um, has ended with a, the, um, a deepest of secrets. Um, but the good thing about this, there is going to be a spinoff, which I'm very excited about. And then finally, we had the Kingdom of the Feared, which is the Kingdom of the Wicked. Book three, so it's the final book of this trilogy by Carrie Menestalco, and it was so, so good. So, like, my year has been a lot of kind of getting back into what I normally read um, of mysteries and thrillers, but also dipping my toe into something different, so romance and stuff like that, um, checking out some new authors, and also doing a lot of rereading when I just... I, I want to read, but I just, nothing was really kind of speaking to me. So I kind of just got back on and read some of my favorites. Nothing and that was my year, that. my friends. Well, I have had um, a pretty big year in books this year. I've been a little all over the place. Um, as most people know, I'm typically a sci-fi or fantasy reader with some romance thrown in here and there. Um, I have read an unbelievable amount of contemporary romance this year, um, more than I typically do. Um, and I have enjoyed every second of it. Um, I've also read some really amazing sci-fi, um, and I kind of feel like my, my fantasy this year has been a little less than usual, but it, it's been there. Um, so I cannot go through this, this spiel without bringing up Miss Stacy's suggestion of the O'Brien Tales. This is a romance series by Stacy Reynolds. Oh, I love this series so much. Yes. <laughs> I fell so hard into this series, and it is all Stacy's fault. <laughs> um, but I do not falter. It is the most beautiful series I have ever read. I wanted to pack my suitcases and move to Ireland immediately. Um, most of these books or all of these books take place in either Ireland or, oh my gosh, what is, what is that other place, Stacey? It's blanking on me. Um, Brazil. Brazil. There we go. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I will say that the second book, um, mostly takes place in North Carolina, my home state, and was actually um, done very well. And I just, I love romances that are not set in the States. There's just something about foreign countries um, that just make it so much more magical for me. Um, but this series was definitely a top read uh, for me in 2022. Um, my favorite sci-fi this year has been Skyward by Brandon Sanderson. Um, 
I, <laughs> another series that I fell into and had to read book after book after book, I binged this series. And it happened that I was reading this series at the time that I should have been reading books for a podcast episode. And I kept telling Shannon, I can't come up with books because I'm too invested in this series. <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, I got myself together and I was able to to get books ready for that episode. But it was getting very, very uh, close there for a while. And I was like, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to uh, go through the or get enough books for um for this episode because I have to finish this series. So Skyward by Brandon Sanderson was absolutely a, the best sci-fi I think I've read this year. Um I I there's so many books vying for top billing that I just don't even know where to go next. Um one of my favorite series, also a Stacy's Fault <laughs> series, is The Bailey Brothers was wrapped up this year um, with Rewriting the Stars. And that book just made my heart sing. This whole series, romance series by Claire Kingsley, made me so happy. But I feel like we had to wait so long for this final book. And I and I understand why, but um it was such an amazing wrap up to the series and there will be more uh, to come in this town of Tillicum. Um, we did get a Christmas novella, which was beautiful and amazing and just everything that Claire is known for, in my opinion. Um, but she will also be writing another series um, involving the Haven family that we see a lot of in the Bailey Brothers series as well. And so I can't wait for that series. I'm I'm sure that I will be picking each book up on the day it's released. Um, another romance author that I discovered this year, Corrine Michaels. Um, I read, I want to say I've, I read two of her series pretty much back to back um the arrowwood brothers and willow creek valley they somewhat intertwine and those two series were absolutely awesome um the arrowwood brothers are some very tortured men which i tend to like reading the tortured hero books um but these these books were just everything I was looking for at the time. And I rarely reread a book, but I think these will be some that I revisit in the future. Um, I also read... I, what would you call The Golden Couple, Shannon? Have you read that? Would yes. we call that a thriller? That, that is a thriller. Story? psychological thriller psychological um, thriller for sure and that is something that i do not pick up often it really has to be done well it has to catch my attention from the get-go um i think the last one that i read before this was by nalini singh um the quiet in her oh, bones yeah. 
Um, so, and I don't think I read that one this year. I think I read that last year, but psychological thrillers are definitely not my thing, but the golden couple was really, really good. Um, it definitely threw a twist in there that I was not expecting. I don't know how I missed it, but to me, that's the sign of a good author. Um, because I, I never saw it coming. It, it kind of, it jack slapped me pretty good. That book did. Um, but it, it was really, really good. Um, in the beginning of the year, I set a goal of 100 books, which is where I usually start myself. And, I just plowed through books this year. Um, I, I hit a hundred books. I want to say by September, October, somewhere along in there. And then I moved my goal up to 130. And at this point I have, I am currently working on two books at one time, which I also don't do often, but they are books 139 and 140 for the year. Ooh, and we still wow. have a few weeks to go. So um, I, have, I have beat both goals that I set for myself this year. And every time I finish a book and I, I start to slump and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I can keep going like where what am I going to do next what am I going to read next but I have to say that the ladies of book bistro always have something good to throw my way and I I always seem to find the perfect book from one of their recommendations um, just when I need it the most so as always um, I have enjoyed being a part of book bistro for another year and I know that whatever slump I hit in the next year that I'm sure these ladies will be able to pull me out of it. And it's been an epic year for reads and there's so many amazing things coming out next year by authors that I have read this year that I cannot wait for. Um, and so I, I think that next year I'm going to set my goal a little higher, my reading goal a little higher, maybe, set myself at 150 since I'm pretty much already there anyway um, and see what I can blow out of the water because I have to catch up to Brooke at some point who sets her goals at like what 500 <laughs> see yeah you know, I have to catch up um that's my ultimate goal but it's going to take a few years for me to get to that um <laughs> but <laughs> it's I just am so grateful that books are accessible now and we've had several conversations about this um you know there's so everything is digital and we have audible we have kindle we have uh for the blind and visually impaired we have you know uh the library for the blind which has the nls bard app so we just have books at our fingertips there's never a shortage of anything to read and for me, that has just been a godsend every year. So thank you to technology for sure. And thank you to the ladies and best friends of Book Bistro for always throwing recommendations my way when I need it the most. Oh, And thanks for recommending things to us. Yes. 
And this concludes 2022, A Year in Review, Part 1. Don't forget to join us next week, as well as the week after, to hear from the rest of the book bistresses to get feel for what their reading years have looked like. As always, thank you so much to my crew, namely Kristen, Brooke, and Amber for participating tonight, and Christine for all of her editing. As always, I do have to thank each and every one of you so much for joining us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.